0: You heard the rest. Now, here's the best. Stay tuned sports podcast. And hello there, all you stay tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay tuned sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here, back to give our opinions and. Reactions to uh, UFC 269. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of stories coming out of that pay-per-view this past weekend. No Notre Dame football this past week, so I was kind of kind of bored this past you know Saturday afternoon. wasn't sure what to what to do to until waiting for the UFC fights to come on. Um, how was everybody else's weekend? I uh, hope, hope you guys had a good weekend. Hope you guys tuned in Friday night to the Stay tuned Sports Truck Series uh, over on YouTube Three Y TV. Another exciting race. One week left before the chase starts. This actually will be the last weekend for um, any drivers to try to get into the chase, and you know, I'll touch on that in a second here. But before we get into a little recap of the Truck Series uh, this past Friday, head over to StayTunedSports.net. Follow all our social media accounts. We have the little links on the right-hand side of there. just click them and head over. Click follow. Make sure your notifications are on. You know, for those because that's where I'll announce any type of giveaways or possibly any rules or if you guys want to interact. You know, sometimes I live tweet with these these fights, bare knuckle and UFC and things like that. Um, also, head over if you want to um, show your support for the show. Head over to BuyMeACoffee.com. Slash St Sports, just another way to show your support. Uh, probably, you know, I'm probably gonna uh, go on Twitter or Facebook and do like a poll to see you know what kind of giveaways you guys want to to, to do. Um, so that's why you want to also do you know go over to Buy Me a Coffee because that's anything you guys donate there, I put back in as a giveaway. So the more donations or, or support you guys show, bigger the, the surprises. Um, and don't forget, we still have our stay tuned sports chat line still up 612 STS chat. If you want to comment on my, you know, about the shows, about the, how they're going, what I can prove on, I got some things in the pipeline that I'm working out that, uh, may bring a, uh, old guest back on in the, the near future. Just got to work on the, the logistics of it all, you know? That just you know that, that word kinda hurt my head there. <laughs> but um, speaking of you know mind blowing stuff, um definitely head if you didn't tune into the Stay Tuned Sports Podcast Truck Series this past weekend, um, head over to YouTube on 3Y TV and watch it because uh, at one point Drew Eisenman and Peter Short had a um, conversation about where Texas is. Uh, you know, is it considered Southwest, Southeast, you know, Midwest, whatever. And it was mind-blowing. I I actually needed some Mary Jane, I think, to, uh, understand what they were trying to (laughs) to decipher and decide. But as far as the race, though, you know, you're probably like, Jimbo, if they're talking about that, I mean, was the race that bad? Actually, it wasn't. It was a really good race. Um, Matt Cherry, I I, I thought he was going to pull this one off, unfortunately. Did not uh, towards the end of the race there he I believe he got uh, turned you know hit hit the wall and everything he was up in the top five for a while there but ended up finishing down the, the bottom uh, I would even say probably like around twentieth or so but Chris Darling actually won the the race um, I believe it was the second win of the season so he already had his chase spot championship chase spot. Um, locked in but more wins you get more points you get when the chase really does start happening and you know another clean race they pretty much kept to their average of three to four cautions ended up being only four cautions this race um but they are going to richmond this week for the last week before the chase starts and looking at the points So to kind of reiterate how the the championship um, format works, the top eight drivers are decided by, you know, by wins. If you win, you're in. But it's only eight drivers that have wins are automatically in there. Then it goes by, you know, the tiebreakers are how many uh, most wins get in. But so far, I think there's only two, maybe three drivers that have more than one win. Um, but only those drivers are in because of the wins. As far as the ninth and 10th spot is decided by the points, which is um, I believe Travis White is 10th and Nathan uh, I think Nathan Mauer is number 9. Mauer has a huge lead on Travis White, so he's pretty much locked into the chase. Travis White has a good lead on Matt Cherry. I don't believe Matt Cherry could catch him. And I think the only way he's Matt Cherry's going to get in is just by a win. Um, which is kind of funny too because two weeks ago with uh, our buddy Scott Crump that drives the the Stay Tuned Sports uh, truck over on uh, I think it's Sunday nights. Um, he was kind of in the same situation. He, he, he needed a win to get in he was too far back with points he got the win but due to a stupid rule he wasn't eligible for for that he was still eligible to make it on points and unfortunately um didn't have a good race this past sunday so he did not make the chase uh for his league so that's where matt cherry's at right now with the state Tuned sports uh truck for the friday nights he needs a win, and he gets in, and it'd be pretty cool to see if he um, if he wins in there and gets in there and could win the the Stay Tuned Sports Truck Championship. Going into Friday night's race, though, here's my three racers to watch. Obviously, like I said, Matt Cherry, um, Josh Sobel. he has been really good all year. Just when he got bad luck, or, you know, when he gets bad luck bad luck. Um, he's in the same same boat as Matt Sherry, as well as uh, my third one driver is Trisha Maurer. Same situation. All three need to win to get in. Um, Maurer, he's been really good, but again, same thing like like Sobel. When he is off, it's you know it's not a good finish for him. Um, so make sure you guys tune in Friday night nine o'clock eastern over on youtube three y tv make sure you subscribe to them too make sure you click the subscribe button make sure you click the the thumbs up for the the video um and make sure you say hi in the chat you know i'm always there every friday so make sure stay tuned sports truck series friday night over on youtube three y tv 9 p.m eastern <coughs> So this past week, NCAA sent out a letter to the officials, all the officials, letting them know that a particular play that happened, I believe uh, two weeks ago during the ACC championship game, that a that a, a certain play has been banned. And that play was because of Kenny Pickett's, the, the Pittsburgh quarterback, fake slide. So no longer is fake sliding allowed in the NCAA. And if you guys didn't see I mean, Google looks, that's It's actually pretty funny. He ended up scoring on that play. Um, you know, faking like he's sliding. He didn't go all the way down. He kind of just drug his, his foot in a way. And was able to just, you know, take off and run the rest of the way. Well, NCAA is worried that if other players do this, that defenders won't slow up from you know from hitting them. Um, they've been being taught that once a, a, a ball carrier gives himself up, aka slides, that they cannot hit the the ball carrier. So they're they're afraid that the the defensive players won't slow up. They'll they'll go for the hit. Um, and I mean, I mean, I'm okay with it in a way. I mean. It's, it's, it, it was a pretty cool play. You know, it's smart by Kenny Pickett and any player that tries to do that. But here's my issue. Okay, if you're worried about them not slowing up and, and hitting them and potentially hurting that, that player, why is the, the faking of going out of bounds by a quarterback not banned either? That's no different. You know, how many... Running quarterbacks. Well, I don't want to say running quarterbacks. How many quarterbacks in the NFL and in college have we seen that kind of look like they're going out bounds, but they're not really? So it's you know confusing for the defender. I mean, it's the same exact situation. So why is that play not banned as well? Now there won't be no penalty for it. It'll just be a dead ball once like with this uh, sliding um, play. If they show any type of motion of sliding, whether they're trying to do a fake or you know actually doing it, it's automatically a dead ball. I guess kind of like we see in the NFL, whether you go front, you know, head first or slide feet first. If you're showing that you're giving up, the play is dead. And but also like 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 I said, I just don't understand why it's just this play. You know the. How many times have we seen quarterbacks fake like they're going out of bounds, even running backs, and and kind of come back in, but then go out and get a late hit penalty? I mean, you know, we're we're trying to be protective of players, specifically the the quarterback, but you gotta make this fair all around, you know, And, and I think that's. Another issue is we're only worrying about really like one position. We're not worried about defensive players like how they tackle. You know, having your head down and make sure you don't hit him here, but here is okay. But you can't do this. Like there's so many, so much gray area when it comes to some of these penalties or these rules. Now, as far as this, you know, the slide rule. Um, it came into effect last Saturday's during last Saturday's Army Navy game. Um, will be going on during the um, all the bowl season games, college football playoff, and postseason competition at the FCS divisions uh, two and Division three levels. Then after the season's done, it will be reviewed. Uh, you know by the NCAA rules committee to see if they will implement this further and I just hope that when it comes to reviewing this they add in there about the you know the sideline thing because that, that's not fair to any defense player that okay I gotta start slowing up because he's near the sideline I gotta worry about you know him going out of balance and me not hitting him but what happens if he comes back in you know defense players shouldn't have questions in their head of of this. You know, these players are so much faster, so much bigger, and if they're questioning themselves as the play's going on, someone's going to get hurt. Severely hurt. So, I think NCAA needs to clean up some of these rules, make it more clear, and hopefully come the offseason, NCAA even clears up this whole fake sliding and adding in there about the fake going out-of-bounds as well Last Saturday was UFC 269 Charles, Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier And I was actually really looking forward to this pay-per-view card. It was a really good pay-per-view card um, from the start to the end. Uh, Started off with Sugar Shane O'Malley knocking out his opponent, uh, rolling Pavia or Pevia, and finally officially being ranked, whether we all believe in the rankings or not, which I don't. But he's ranked 13th. He's been clamoring for that. Um seeing the upset between Julia Pena and, and Amanda Nunez. And, I mean, I, th- I, I consider it an upset. I really thought Dustin Poirier was going to pull it off. But Charles Charles Oliveira pulls up the upset, well, in my head, the upset, um, and choking out Poirier. But, you know, some of my reactions to these, I just want to talk about the, those three fights. It's about time. Sugar Shane got some uh, some respect put on his name, per se. You know, he fought three times this year, and all three times he knocked out his opponent. And according to a lot of people, this last fight was his toughest, and that was a knock on him leading up to this fight that he really didn't fight anybody. You know, tough. And he just ran through this guy I mean he had all the answers to him um Pavia he just didn't know what to do with with O'Malley I mean O'Malley had some good feints he was doing a lot of his typical um, stance switches and I'm not a big fan of this but it works for him I don't like the whole hands down defense just because if you get a quick puncher you can't get those hands up quick enough you know you're you're gonna take a lot of punishment um but also, you know, not just being defensive there, he landed a lot of good strikes with his body kicks and his boxing combination, and that's what put Pavia away. Um now being ranked thirteenth, where does this put O'Malley? Who should he fight? I know he said about Jose Aldo would be a, a, a dream matchup, but I, I don't think he's there. Um I mean I I'm not even sure where Aldo's ranked. He might be in the top five or so, but I think that's too big of a jump for O'Malley. But, you know, he definitely needs a step up in competition. Um, I know Dana White took, you know, kind of exception to it by saying a lot of these media guys want O'Malley to fight, you know, top five guy now, this and that. And Dana White saying, listen, he's not a... Uh, he, he's, he's not quite there yet you know we can't rush somebody that potentially could get hurt if they put him in there with a top five guy and and if he's not ready I mean that could be mentally bad you know if you lose real bad you know maybe you can't bounce back from that the guy I want to see him fight and I I think they're pretty close ranked is Cheeto Vera try to get that win back you know, try to avenge that loss. I I'm curious to see if O'Malley can get through him. Now, like I said just a few seconds ago, how a lot of people said that he doesn't hasn't fought really anybody tough. My questions have been on him for a couple of years now is his durability. When he fought Vera, he lost because he had a nerve damage in his ankle. Now this fight, or these past three fights I should say. He fought Vera uh, last year. These past three fights, didn't you know show any damage? So I mean, that, that's who I would like to see O'Malley fight next. Would be Cheeto Vera. Um, Charles Oliveira defeating Poirier. Like I said, I did not see it coming. I I, I definitely didn't see him getting tapped out. Um, a lot of questions now for Poirier. This is the second time fighting for a championship belt and losing and getting choked out for it. As far as Poirier, I think he needs to move up to 170. Um, He's talked about it. And I think that's kind of on his mind when he's going into these fights at 155. So I I don't think he's fully focused. And maybe he's kind of, in a way, kind of bored with the 155 division you know Connor supposedly beefing up he's at 190 now for whatever reason maybe Poirier and and Connor has the trilogy at 170 I mean I don't know if you automatically put Poirier in there with a a top five guy or if you you know slowly work him up there not too slowly, because I mean, he is starting to get, you know, older. I think he's like 30 or 32. So you don't want to take years, especially with him coming out saying that he doesn't want to fight as often as some of these, these fighters like O'Malley three, four times a year. But if you do a, a Connor versus Dustin with them doing a 170 debut for both of them, you know, you obviously will definitely make a lot of money. Any fight that Conor's in... Will make money, even though he's one and four in his last five fights. Um, Connor will always be with the UFC. He will always be a main eventer just because he knows how to talk, and that's how that's why he sells. So I mean, that would, I think it would be the only logical matchup for Dustin right now is a one seventy fight with Connor. As far as Oliveira, even though Connor came out and said he's up next or the 155 belt, which I I, I don't see it. How are you going to lose 45 pounds for a fight? Why would you put all that weight on only to try to get back down to 155? So, you know, I I think the fight to make, and and Dana White kind of already said they're going to try to do it, is Justin Gaethje. Now, that one I think would be a good fight because the questions would be, can Oliveira duck the, the punches the punching power of Gaethje and can Gaethje keep Oliveira off of him from submitting so I, I think that would be a really good fight to watch sorry I had to take a drink there um, yeah so I think that would be a really good fight to watch I don't think it would make a lot of money You know, a lot of pay-per-views <clears throat> just because I, you know, Oliveira, I, I just don't think he sells pay-per-views. You know, leading up to this fight, you know, I, I know he's not a trash talker. I know Poirier is more of a respectful, um, fighter. Unless he's going after Connor, and unfortunately, unless there's bad blood between fighters, a lot of casuals don't want to pay for the pay-per-views to, to watch it. They, you know, they, they want to read... You know, Conor McGregor says Poirier's wife is in his DMs. Joe Schmo's going to see that like, oh my god, he's talking about his wife. He's going to come in and, and beat his ass and, and not stop and the ref's not going to be able to stop. You know, like that's... How are you going to sell pay-per-views? That's why Conor is so good at selling pay-per-views. Then the co-main event, which... The co-main event honestly i think outshined the main event even though main event was really good just because of what happened during the co-main co-main event julia pena defeating a man and nunez and i mean it wasn't no little you know ticky tack patty cat uh patty cake type fight they went at it right from the get-go uh first round man and nunez knocked down uh, Julian Pena and at the end of the first round, Nunez was smiling and like, yeah, I got your number but Pena didn't care and that's what's, what's uh, a, a tough thing to fight up against is when you have someone that doesn't care and is willing to get knocked out or get choked out to try and get that win and I think that was Pena's thinking was like, you know what I'll take Nunez's shots, but if I get in close enough, it's going to be over. And that's pretty much what happened. I mean, second round came out, and Pena was able to get close enough and start peppering her with shots and start to rock Nunez, eventually taking her down and tapping her out. Now, I remember seeing Matt Serra versus GSP when Matt Serra knocked him out. And I said at that time, that was the biggest... Upset ever in UFC, ever in MMA, not just UFC. That's number two now, in my head. Pena versus Nunez. That was a big upset. Pena was a very big underdog. Just to show you how, just to show you how big of a favorite Nunez was. A guy put three hundred eighteen thousand dollars on Nunez to win only to win 25,000 that's how big of a favorite she was and you know what else too about this whole upset thing and where it ranks and this is why some of these ESPN stats I think are a joke according to ESPN stats and information the Pena upset of Nunez is considered to be the 4th largest how how I would love to know what one and two are. Even three, because again, I I think this is the biggest upset. So Sarah and GSP's got to be below this. How is this not the biggest upset ever? And I was afraid going into this that Nunez would get knocked out because she hasn't fought in two years. And we see this a lot where fighters take a lot of time off now, granted, you know, she got COVID, she just adopted the baby, you know, a lot of family stuff is going on. I don't think her head was fully there yet. And maybe with this knockout, or this, you know, this uh, submission loss, it'll wake her up. Once again, you know, a lot of people think UFC lost here with Nunez losing because they were hoping for a Shavanko versus Nunez fight after this. But a rematch with Pena, I think, will do just as much money if she fought Shevanko. Because again, let's remember how you know when Jess P uh, fought Matt Sarah the second time. There was a lot of hype going into that one. Like, oh my God, can Sarah do it again? Everybody tuned into that one, and obviously Sarah got demolished. But everybody turned in tuned in for it. So I could see that happening with uh, Pena. I know, you know over these past few years, if you guys have been listening, I'm not big on the whole automatic rematch when you get um, dominated. And I, I don't want to say a Pena dominator, but that second round was a lot bigger than that first round. I, I, I think, you know, with how Nunez fought Pena, I think Pena's second round was a lot bigger. Um, but that's the fight to make. You gotta make that fight. Business-wise, and I mean, who else is there to fight Pena? You no, know, no one really stood out. That okay, Pena. If you know when she loses, this girl's next to fight Nunez. So I think this this is the match to make. Pena versus Nunez. I think making my pick right now for that match depends on how quick Nunez comes back. If she takes another year off, I got Pena. Every every time, if she comes back within the next three, four, five months, I think you can see the old Nunez and just run through her. So that's kind of like my reactions to uh, UFC 269 this past weekend. Um, I think there's bare knuckle this weekend. I didn't do my picks this this week because I had some stuff going on during the week. But we're going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we will have our blue picks. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Is there things interfering with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com listener. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It is professional counseling done securely online. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, and affordable. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com listener. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash listener. And here is your blue picks of the week, brought to you by Skunk Duck Studios, the best ducking designs on the web. And we are back with our week 15 blue picks. Kind um, of recap our week 14 blue picks. I went two and one, so I'm 20 and 15 on the season. Not too bad. Curious what I was last year. I forgot to write my record down from last year, but um, just to recap. My blowout pick from last week—I took Chargers over the Giants, one by sixteen—but the Giants played a lot better, better than I expected. I didn't expect them to put up the twenty points or twenty-seven, whatever it was, um, that they put up. But Chargers are just definitely on, and it seems like you know they're they're getting ready for the playoffs. And, and a little sign up—I can't believe it's Week Fifteen already. You know, I was doing my picks here. I'm like, holy shit, we only got like three, four weeks left. Um, my lock pick last week. I took Tampa Bay over the Bills. I got lucky. Um, I really thought Tampa Bay was going to beat them like forty to three or something like that. But Josh Allen got that offense to bounce back with the uh, Tampa Bay winning it overtime. Um, I mean, come on, it's Tom Brady. When you put him in a pressure situation, he's going to pull out the win. And then um, for the upset, I had the Saints or I, I had the, the Jets. Just because I really thought the Saints, with how they're using Taysom Hill, would continue to go how they have, you know, how they how they've been going. Um, Well, they finally learned their lesson (laughs) because they just destroyed the Jets. Um, Saints finally realized Taysom Hill is not a quarterback. He can't throw the ball 40 times a, a game. They limited it to I think like 20, 20 or so passing attempts, and. My other other question about the Jets is: Does Zach Wilson really suck this bad, or once again, is it the Jets? You know, we saw Sam Darnold, even though he played like shit with with uh, the Panthers after the first five games or so. So, questions out there: Who is it? The team, or is it these quarterbacks they're drafting? Um, so, as far as this coming weekend's picks, man, I keep hitting my head off my microphone here. Um, My blowout pick, I have the Bills over the Panthers. Bills are giving 11.5. Panthers haven't won since they signed Cam Newton, I believe. So, I mean, one, I I think the end of the road for Cam Newton is coming at the end of the season. I will not be surprised if he retires. We've seen how long it took him to sign with Carolina after the Patriots released him. And he just hasn't been playing good football. Um, I'm thinking the Bills... Are finally out of the rut after playing Tampa Bay and have that offense going, so I'm thinking that you know they're going to put up a lot of points. As far as the lock, I got the Packers over the Ravens, and even if Lamar Jackson plays, Aaron Rodgers is just playing really good ball. Green Bay is playing really good ball. If Lamar Jackson is not playing because he hasn't practiced all week this could get ugly by the second quarter. So either way, I'm taking the Ravens for my lock pick. And then for my upset pick, I have the Raiders who are getting six over the Browns. Browns offense just hasn't been that good. Three out of the last four weeks. Three weeks that they were bad, they were like 15 points, 19 points, something like that. Raiders have been putting up 20, 25 points past like five, six games. Um and the Raiders are just overdue for a breakout game, you know, for, for a good win. And this would be one hell of a way to, to get a win. So those are my picks. Um, recapping, blowout pick is my Bills. There's the Bills. Lock is the Packers. And the upset pick is the Raiders. I think that's going to be it for this week. Um, head over to sports.net to follow all of our social media accounts over there uh, so that way. You get the links to the Stay Tuned Sports podcast truck series Friday nights over on YouTube at 3YTV. When I do giveaways, you know all that stuff will be on my uh, social media accounts. Merch tabs up top there on the website. Also, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash STSports. So that's another way that you could uh, show your support towards the show. And don't forget, we have our Stay Tuned Sports chat line still up and running. 612 STS chat tell me what you think about the NCAA banning the rule of fake sliding do you agree with me that faking the out of bounds for quarterbacks should be banned as well so till next week this is your good friend Jimbo signing out